All right. Hey, Jay. Great to be back uh, with you this, what is it, afternoon? I think evening? it's Friday. It's Friday. Yep. Friday, July 2nd, uh, almost on the 4th. Um, yeah. For what episode is this? This is, uh, we're several episodes into Hamlet, and we have a really good friend of ours here <laughs> who has taught Hamlet a few times. <laughs> Um, how many our, how many times? This is our department chair from the English department where we teach uh, John Klein. How many how many times do you think you've taught Hamlet? How many years, John? I started teaching Hamlet when Lyndon Johnson was president. <laughs> <laughs> Lyndon Johnson? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Awesome. That was a great year. Um, yeah, and you're still teaching. Kind of, yeah. Still <laughs> teaching much. Hamlet? Yeah. Did you teach Hamlet this year? I did. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, you've got years and years, and this is what we want to hear about. Um, your your years of teaching Hamlet, um, how that's changed or not, and uh, what you've done. But um, before we start, you, um, as, we, as everyone knows, we open with a poem, and John, I'd love to have you open with a poem. You actually introduced me to Gerard Manley Hopkins. I had not heard of him. And then I heard you talk about him, and uh, so I started looking into his poetry and was totally blown away. Um, so uh, would you mind reading uh, his poem, The Wendover, uh, sure. for us tonight? All right. Okay. It's addressed to Christ our Lord. I caught this morning, morning's minion, kingdom of daylight's dauphin, dappled dawn drawn falcon in his riding of the rolling level underneath him steady air, and striding high there, how he rung upon the rein of a wimpling wing in his ecstasy. Then off, off forth on swing, as his skate's heels sweep smooth on a bow bend, the hurl and gliding rebuffed the big wind. My heart in hiding stirred for a bird, the achieve of, the mastery of the thing. Brute beauty and valor and act, oh, air, pride, plume, here buckle, and the fire that breaks from thee, then a billion times told lovelier, more dangerous, oh, my chevalier. No wonder of it, sheer plod makes plow down silly and shine, and blue bleak embers, ah, my dear, fall, gall themselves, and gash gold vermilion. Mm. Gash gold vermilion. Thanks, John. Yeah, thank you for reading that. How did you find Gerard Manley Hopkins? Do you remember? Uh, I was actually at graduate school at St. Michael's in Vermont, wandering around downtown Burlington one day, and I came upon, believe it or not, the Gerard Manley Hopkins bookstore. <laughs> now, look, I know you expect there's going to be Gerard Manley Hopkins lunchboxes and <laughs> things like that. Action figures. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for everything. But uh, no, it was just every, every piece of criticism, every book, everything that you could possibly imagine that had ever been written about him. And I had never heard of him. Yeah. So the owner, desperate probably to make a sale to some poor schlep, <laughs> came over and said, what would you, and he gave me, and I read and, and read and read, and uh, that's my favorite Gerard Manley Hopkins mm -hmm. poem by far. Okay. I like a lot of them. I like God's grandeur and, yeah. you know, pride, beauty, and things like that, but this right. is my favorite. Right. It's amazing, the language in it. You have right. to read it and reread it, and I yeah. think you have to look at it, too. You, right. I mean, you can't believe it. Yeah. Something almost, I, 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 
you forgive me for saying this, but something almost postmodern about the rhyme yeah, scheme yeah. or word well, combinations. Well, he's right on the it. edge of Victorian and postmodern, and his mm. his experimentation with language. That's and it. his whole idea of inscape and instress was yes. so revolutionary. That's mm. it. At that yes. time, yeah, and it just stands out. You can't believe it. Uh, you expect him to be in some stereotype Victorian sense or something that's real straightforward yeah. and stage. And the Jesuits had had marooned him to this small Saint Bride school in Wales because huh. he was a convert from Anglicanism, mm-hmm. and I think they resented. He was one of the most brilliant. Jesuits, probably one of the most brilliant human beings ever to mm-hmm. exist, mm-hmm. and they kind of resented that, so they sent him up to a place where he spent 12 hours a day correcting what would be equivalents of provincial examinations. Mm. Mm. And, and that was his that was his career? Pretty much, and then eventually he got a, a parish in uh, Liverpool, uh, worked with the poor, contracted uh, typhoid and died. Wow, wow, wow. He's worth checking out if this is your introduction to Gerard yeah, Hopkins. Definitely. It's a good one, and uh, you should go down the path. Um, it, it, it gives back. I just want to say, too, so when Paul and I agreed to, to tackle Hamlet, um, I think he's still running with the ball. We haven't tackled him fully. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of the things we agreed on is that we had to have our friend John in because uh, I've been teaching for 24 years and John's been my department chair for that whole time. And when John's about to teach Hamlet, his posture changes. <laughs> like everything, like, so you wouldn't be a good card player, John, when you're excited, like we all know in the office, it must be Hamlet yeah. time because John's tap dancing in the office. Wow. So it's just really awesome. Uh, it's, you know, I think if you're a teacher listening to this, hopefully you have sort of that book that just, makes you really excited to go into class right. that day to start. And, and I, I just, uh, I don't want to steal your lines, John, but like just as someone who shared an office with you for almost a quarter of a century, then it's clear. <laughs> it's, no, but it's just, it's clear that like, it's, it's, it's more than just, you know, clear lessons and writing assignments. Yeah, it's, right. it's a thing that you care about. Um, so we were, we, one of the yeah. things we agreed on right away is we, we came up with a, we did Romeo and Juliet act by act and Hamlet just defies Mm-hmm. That sort of Absolutely. organization. Yeah, yeah. So we did, we did it sort of more thematically, or are doing it more thematically. We did some deep dives into individual speeches and scenes. But one of the things we agreed on is we have to have John behind a microphone yeah. and just have a just a discussion. Mm-hmm. Sort of like if the three of us were in the lounge on the fifth floor of our building and we had a free period. And I think all yeah. three of us are very open, yeah. delaying correcting. And talking about the books we love, I think, speaking myself, I always make that choice. And I've done that with both John and Paul a lot. Oh, yes. So we got a little bit of a scheme put together for for this episode, I think. And we'll see how well we can stick with it. Um, Part one, let's start with pedagogy. Um, How do you you approach teaching Hamlet? And uh, maybe we can talk about how that's changed over the years, if it has. Uh, and then we'll go to content and try to press you for some of those hard problems that are, you know, that you just uh, turn over and that you've been turning over in your mind. And then uh, maybe we'll close out if we they don't come out by themselves with uh, best lines, the lines <laughs> you, you you memorize, the quotes you like best. But uh, why don't you start us out? Um, How did you start teaching Hamlet? What what did you think the best thing to do when you first started diving into this book? Oh God, yeah, <laughs> a long time ago in a galaxy far yeah. far away. <laughs> yes, uh, I knew so little about what was really going on in this play that I can barely remember the sound of 
so many of my students' heads hitting their desks. <laughs> <laughs> and like, why are you doing to us what is going on? Please, can't we just? <laughs> and I had had a really good uh, Shakespeare teacher at Iona College for my undergraduate, Tom Pendleton. And he had gotten me interested in the language of the plays. So I think my first attempt at teaching this was just as a straight ahead, this is how a tragedy works. Let's listen to the beautiful language that almost each one of these characters has a chance to speak in this play. But then, as time went by, and I had conversations with people like you two and yeah. people I taught with at Bergen Catholic and at Catholic Memorial, I discovered that people have a lot more questions about this play. Hmm. And it's a play, as you know, that starts with a question. Hmm. Who goes there? <laughs> and I think Shakespeare is really trying to investigate so many different aspects of his own life, British history, and this young man, well, he's 30, but this youngish man who finds himself, I think, on the cusp of two different ways of looking at the world. And that he's, he's almost ready to be a modern post-Christian Reformation thinker about mm -hmm. revenge mm -hmm. and suicide and justice and just what I've tried to do year after year is get the kids to see how conflicted he is and how conflicted I am yeah. about what the play means. I tell them all the time that if you can <laughs> get in a time machine and go back to Bergen Catholic in LBJ's time, and they have never heard of LBJ, so they don't know <laughs> what that is, <laughs> right. that you would not believe it was, it was the same teacher teaching the same play. Yeah. Because I just went straight ahead with you know, this is a tragedy, this is what happens. And then as I became more and more aware of the depth that these different, all the characters have and exhibit, I just realized that this is probably the greatest hmm. play. Yeah. And I know I get in trouble when I say that because there are people who say that Shakespeare's no, no better than any other dramatist. Mm -hmm. But I disagree with that. I, yeah. I have yet to read anything even yeah. close yeah. So what this play does for me, every time I teach it and sit down and read what I'm going to teach the next day, and I sit there and go, God, this is yeah. unbelievable. Yes. And mm -hmm. Jay and I have had these, and we've had these yeah. conversations yeah. about what, what, what was going on inside of Shakespeare. Right. How was he able to just produce mm -hmm. this complicated character with such beautiful language? And you read a lot, I can attest to. I see you reading a good bit, just sitting around reading. So when you say this is the most complicated play that I've read in a long time, yeah. that's not from a person who's just read a set of books and then sat back and t taught them. No. You're, you're reading right off the New York Times bestseller oh, gosh, yeah. daily. So yeah. that's uh, that, that's something to say. But but so so do you think the dra so as you taught it at first, it was my job is to present a straightforward drama. This is how dramas. Uh, work this is what Shakespeare did content content but you got drawn in uh, by the depth of the characters sure absolutely yeah. and by the contradictions <laughs> that happen yes. in that play and right. by 
scenes that even now I still can't figure out what the heck just happened. <laughs> what, why did that? What, what's going on in that scene? Why can't Gertrude see the freaking ghost? Yeah. I mean, Bernardo can see it. Marcellus can see it. Yeah, that's excellent. And then she can't? Does he have some sort of cloaking device on? <laughs> that is uh, so and good. I, yeah. I, I've read everyone from Maynard Mack to Harold Goddard trying to explain it, and no one's been able to answer it. I've yeah. never found one. Yeah. Even Samuel Johnson says, beats me. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Right. Of course, he says in about 30 sentences longer yeah. than that. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I bought his works on that. It's huge. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's keeping my door open at home. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's only one of the. There's yeah. so many things yeah. that happen in that play that I. I All right. And we want to. Yeah, we want to get to some more of those. Okay. So many things. Do you, but, do you um, remember the moment where you flipped from. Because I think about this a lot for myself, and I can still fall into this trap. As a, as a newer teacher thinking I have to not necessarily cover Hamlet, but make some sort of clear formula. There's terms I remember from college that I remember, you know, make me sound smart. So I want to make sure yeah, they know yeah. what these, yeah. I can oh, follow yeah. that. I know I can follow that trap. And, and then you started talking about just these characters as human beings and more questions than answers. Do you remember that transition as a teacher? Do you, do you know what I'm asking? I don't remember a specific moment. But I do know that that's at one point, probably about, geez, this makes me sound so old, about 20 years ago, <laughs> that I realized that, I, I, for those of you out there who love Hamlet, I apologize. I think he's a jerk. Yeah. And, I, and I, think, I think he just caves at the end. And I think I, I'm still trying to figure out who in that play is a person of value. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know what? What incredible power does the king have that all those people are willing to go along with exactly what Henry VIII presented as his reason for getting rid of Catherine of Aragon—that mm. he had to marry his brother's widow? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Claudius says in that scene, "We thank all of you for going along with this." <laughs> and I'm, I, at some point, if I can borrow that time machine that some kid's going to invent. Right. I want to go back to the Globe and watch mm. yeah. what happened. What pe what people? I've been to the Globe four or five times for yeah. plays, and I really love it now. And mm -hmm. I, I was a groundling once and was brought up on stage <laughs> to play the part of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> how is that? How is this not made our school's newsletter? Oh well, no <laughs> but I I I was just standing there, and they said we need somebody to be an idiot, and my bride goes. <laughs> that she you can't see it. She pointed in my direction. Nice. The next thing I know, I'm standing on the stage with a, a, those. What do they call those things? Yes, supposed to. And uh, but anyway, uh, that's great. There are. Uh, you would go back to see what? So you'd like to go I'd back like to see what to see. the audience, how they reacted to yeah. some of the things that escape the the the, the kid today. I I have right. to start now by telling them some of the history. Of okay. what was going on. Okay. So they can get a better handle on it. Like in general, what do you focus on? Like to give them, con what do you think is necessary context? Well, I tell them about Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon and divorcing his, marrying his brother's widow. And he didn't want, he wanted to at first because Catherine of Aragon was gorgeous. And he was 16 freaking years old. Come on. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he became, he started to convince himself that this marriage was wrong because. 
well, as you know, Leviticus has those two separate things. Like, you must marry your brother's widow, or you mustn't marry your yeah, brother's widow. Three right. chapters later. Right. <laughs> Good old scripture. You got to love it. <laughs> yeah. But that, I, I just wish, and that's not just with Hamlet. That's with, I mean, talking about Romeo and Juliet, and just, mm-hmm. I wish I could see somehow how the audience reacted. I, yeah. In uh, Shakespeare in Love, there's that great, that. great moment yeah. at the end where even the, the cleric who hates the play the is, yeah, is yeah. just going like that yeah, because yeah, it's right. such a good moment. And <laughs> I hope it was something like that. Yeah. I really yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds like there's not a whole lot of historical context. Do you feel like in, in terms of pedagogy, you can just jump right in and you're in as good a position as you're likely to be anyway? I hope. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't have to go into Danish history or, yeah, you know, right. why Fortinbras is a crook, you know, or right. anything like that. Right. Why Claudius says, yeah, you can bring your army through my country. I don't care. You yeah. don't spend what? a month on Saxo Grammaticus. Well, I do, but <laughs> <laughs> earlier on. <laughs> I was back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Dropped that. <laughs> well, do you think the thing that drew you into Hamlet is authentic enough to draw students into Hamlet? Just the, yeah. you know, the, the conflicts, the questions, the depths of the character. Can you lay that? Like, I would be tempted to try to do that. Like, to lay out the thing that drew me in. Or is that just not? No, it, I, that's the way I do it. Okay. You know, because I'm not afraid to tell the kids, I don't understand what just happened here. <laughs> but do you, do you appreciate the beauty of what he says? Yeah. Mm. And I, it's been pretty good. I have not had too many kids... There hasn't been gunplay in the Same classes yeah. for a long time. <laughs> Just swordplay. <laughs> yeah, swordplay. <laughs> I wish. Right. Right. I wish. Jeez. I've actually had kids bring in epes from the fencing team. Oh, so yeah. We could yeah. Have oh, a, nice. So we could have nice. A, yeah, it was probably back closer to LBJ's time. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I was here. Yeah, well, they, okay. All right. Good. It's good not to ask for permission. You just ask for forgiveness yeah. later. Like, yeah, oh, I had exactly. no idea we couldn't use yeah. swords. I, yeah. I won't do it next time. Right. Silly me. I always made sure they were they were baited. Oh, that's good. <laughs> right. Um, are you fine with um, trying to just sort of prod the students along and then let them kind of drive things? Or, or, or have you mostly been in a position where – you kind of have to be in the driver's seat to keep the thing moving. Have you ever find, found the play to sort of take off without your permission in a way? Uh, I, I, have, I have some trouble, this is going to sound terrible, not being yeah. in charge. Yeah, I, sure. I, I know where I want the discussion to go. Yeah. On the other hand, I also have, I don't mind when a good question comes up. Yeah, when a, sure. a good observation comes up, and I know right. Jay has that happen a lot in his yeah. classes, mm-hmm. and it's just a, it, it's an important thing to for me to have the balance. My now my dramatic nature says, "Gee, I was hoping to be at Act Three, Scene Two by the end of the period, <laughs> right. and here I'm right. not." <laughs> right. And so, so yeah, shut up and let's get back on track, well, right to the things. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. seriously, to me, this is in a podcast that's about teaching literature. Mm-hmm. How often, how many workshops do we go to? How many professional development sessions do we go to? We very rarely talk about something so important as what's the relationship between planning and spontaneity. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. And that's right. really, you know, it's that's a, really hard to sort of map out problem. because it yeah. defies mapping out. Yeah, it sure does. Because when you go too far mm-hmm. down either path, you know, you've created a bad right. class, I would say. That, that totally sure. over Yeah, class. and the you kids just... understand that. They don't like oh, total spontaneity no, 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 because no, you can right, just, right. especially this past year, you could see the kids at home just going, click, 
Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's right. Zoom and out. You can, it's, you know, we're all good teachers, and we can, we can, one of the things we can pick up very easily is the pulse of what's happening yeah, in our sure. class. Right. And you can tell immediately right. when a kid or two is starting to right. drift. And I think of all the, the books in our core curriculum, this one defies uh, pure lesson planning, for lack of a better term. In other words, what you were just saying, I have to be at the end of Act 3, Scene 2, and I have a set plan. I know of all the books I teach, and I, I went back to teaching this to seniors this year for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Uh, the planning is very loose mm. in terms of how many days on this, how many days on that, it, it, because I don't know what they're going to... Right. It's a protein... Right. Play. It has yeah, to be. Yeah. You know, he's not. We talked about this, I think, in the last podcast. That the great, one of the greatest dangers in reading Hamlet is predict is hoping for consistency in Hamlet, like treating him as the subject of a thesis paper or something. Like sure. it's just really like, tricky it, to do. That works. That approach works with Macbeth. Mm. Yeah. Right. This is a right. revenge tragedy. He's a bad guy. He's going to get dead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. But right. it doesn't work. And yeah. I. I can still remember one of the first times I discovered that I could bring in, believe it or not, okay, here we go again, yeah. dating, a record player yeah, with an LP those. on it of, <laughs> of a recording of Hamlet yeah. and having the kids listen so they could put voices with characters. Yeah. And then when all of a sudden we got VCRs oh. Oh. and uh -huh. were able to show we had one TV for a long time at St. John's <laughs> that was it we had one TV and one beta player <laughs> with this gigantic thing uh, I signed but, up for a week ahead of time oh yeah. no, no John you had was a, in charge I was in charge of TVs oh, 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 oh. he was one of the more important people jeez yep. but then that that was another aspect that really changed my approach to be able to show the kids yeah. different because I think sometimes kids get the feeling that there's only one way to do this. And then you can show them, now we can show them oh. Mel Gibson, we can show them Olivier, we can show them Kevin Branagh, we can show them Kevin yeah. Klein. Right. Right. There are all sorts of different right. things. And Directors they say, wait a minute, they didn't do it that way. Right. That he's yeah. doing it differently. Well, it's wrong. Yeah. And then, these yeah, people don't agree, and they're not yeah. agreeing is very liberating for a new it, kid. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if we stereotyped pedagogical differences between now and during LBJ's administration, <laughs> uh, I would I would say I would guess or stereotype that back then things were much more objective. Like there were many more like question and answer sheets, and I don't know sure. memorize the answers, maybe memorize sections of the play. Um, do you still do those sorts of things? Do you find them valuable with students today who have different expectations for what it means to be rigorous? Or I give them questions to answer based on their reading, yeah. but they're very open ended. Like, what do you think? Or okay. why? I don't say, what are the four reasons why Hamlet doesn't commit suicide in this right. scene? Yeah. I can't do that anymore. And I, I do... You were spoken to that yeah, last time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, and I do give them the opportunity for extra credit to memorize one of the parts oh. of the four great soliloquies. Yeah, just so they yeah. can do it. And yeah. delivered it in front of the class. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm so on board. I don't care how old-fashioned. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Because uh, I don't care uh, what memorization is. I think it's transformative sure. for oh, students. Oh, absolutely. Experience. I make all my students memorize the opening 36 lines of the Odyssey, ninth graders, every mm. year. You know, mm -hmm. And it's, sure. 
and it's brilliant and, and, and it sticks in their heads and it puts, you know, all the things, it changes their experience of the thing they're yeah. reading to yeah. put it in their minds in that way. You're right. And the experience of what it takes to get it in their heads where mm-hmm. there's this private moments, yeah. long moments where they have to just focus. I tell them just use the bathroom method. What's that? What, wait, what's the bathroom method? Have a copy of, like if you want to memorize the first 18 lines of to be or not to be. Yeah. The chances are, oh, I'll give them three weeks and chances are, is this, I hope I don't say anything bad here that's going to get no, to our ear. We can edit it but out. We need to ch- <laughs> chances are, over the next 18 days, you're going to be using the bathroom. <laughs> and memorize a line every time you go in. Oh, yeah. And then you'll have, in 18 days, you'll yeah. have the whole 18 lines done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A line a day. They're like, like what? If they're not moved by that. Moved. Oh, Thank sorry. you. <laughs> All right, where's the other All right. Uh, yeah. Sorry. You okay. served it up. I thought you were going to go with vowel movement. Uh, <laughs> sorry all right you're off to you oh here comes the police uh, all right that's um that's good i don't know jay what do you think about pedagogy is that is that enough yeah no absolutely i'd like to get to the the content part yeah of the conversation. right right um so i like i think i like what what you said first of all serve up the language you know and try to draw their attention to the beauty of the language look i like the line you said look at the lines these people get to say mm. you know that's fantastic and some incredibly minor characters yeah you know marcellus's speech at the end of the first ghost oh. encounter is yeah. gorgeous right yeah. like, it's a throwaway in a way is that the right? jack exactly. character in the bra yeah or oh, oh. Yeah, Jock and Day stands tiptoe on the misty mountaintop. Yeah, and yeah, the Jack London, right? Yeah, the sun's coming yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's that's what we were saying. It's getting, it's getting late, you know. Yeah. And it's mm. just, he just, it just gives. How he did that, that is just amazing. Yeah, it, it, you could say this for great writing in general, but it definitely applies to Hamlet, particularly that any moment that a reader would be tempted to skim, he's doing important things. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You know. Right. So that's and I remember you said one. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. But I remember yeah. in a conversation with you once about the soliloquies, you said something that really struck me. And you said the reason the soliloquies in Hamlet are so important is that he listens to himself from what he says. He just doesn't say them. They're not just yeah. there for the audience. Right. He's being reflective. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I love the one scene in Brana when he does the uh, speech. He's looking in a mirror, and it's like which is such a good choice. It, oh, it's perfect. Yeah. 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 So that's good to draw students in by the language. And then I think the second thing you said, and this is kind of pedagogical and it's open-ended, there are different ways to, to key off of this, but it's a, it's a great point, which is to key off of the, or draw students in on the problems or the, or sort of the puzzles. Yeah, the questions. The dead ends you run yeah. into. And the, way the ca- and the way the characters are drawn. Yeah. You know, I, one of the, Big change. I used to think that Polonius was a complete moron, yeah, and that uh, Horatio was a great friend, and yeah. now I think Horatio is a jerk. Wow, mm. really? He can't t- can't say can't contradict Hamlet. He can't mm. tell him no. Yeah. And what does he point. say at the end? He says, "Now cracks a noble heart." This is not a noble heart. This is a guy. There are four bodies on the stage. Plus, he killed two other people earlier in the play. How noble is that? <laughs> and yeah. he can't tell him no. That's a good point. He can't. Which he, a friend does. Exactly. Right. And and hmm. he just... And Polonius, everyone when I first started teaching it, that was the general way that Polonius is, is a moron. I've gone down that path. I did in this podcast. Yeah. But he gives 
lots of good advice. Hmm. His problem, like everyone else, is he'll he caves to Claudius. Yeah. He loses his daughter. Right. He, in animal you, term. In animal right. term on right. Hamlet. Yeah. And he, he's so desperate. They're all so desperate for Claudius' approval. Definitely. And it's almost like yeah. it's, Except it's Hamlet. Yeah, and it's hard to fault anyone to for not being as smart as maybe the smartest character written in English. Yeah, but one of the you things... You know what I mean? Like, so I think often you, when you look, one looks at Polonius as obtuse or irony deficient or whatever, he, he struggles with irony. He does. Which, if you're in the company of Hamlet, means you're in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. So that can make him look that way. And I, I think... I mean, as a dad, I, I know that there are times where I dispense advice that I myself don't follow. So I used to be way more judgmental of Polonius. Okay. And now it's, you know, he says, you know, he gives the advice to to Laertes and then moments later hires a spy. Right. So that, that looks, you know, hypocritical according to some yeah. of the advice. Or is it just a worried dad? Doing yeah. like covering his bases. His even kids going off to college. God, yeah. in France, in Paris, Christ, <laughs> jeez. We apologize and, to and, our French listeners. Yes, yeah, so, hey, so, hey, listen. And, and this he probably sounds crazy, but we have a listener in France. No, oh, good. Oh yes, we bonjour. Do. Yes, we bonsoir. Do. We used to have a listener in France. <laughs> <laughs> right. Correction. <laughs> but it's funny, you know. I I know we often think and that Hamlet's the smartest character in the play. Yeah. But I always I always ask my kids or. I, I said, who's smarter, Hamlet or Claudius? Mm. And that's a tough question for them. Yeah. Ooh, it yeah. really we is. Chat, we had a chat about the, the extent to which Hamlet is... When you see Hamlet and his father together, the ghost of his father, how they are not like each other at all. No. Not just that one wears ghostly armor yeah. and one doesn't wear armor, yeah. but even speech patterns. The father is a little more blunt and literal yeah. and gives commands. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Claudius's, what he thinks is a soliloquy when he's praying a prayer mm -hmm. that's impossible, it's full of patterns that are Hamlet patterns. Yep. Do you agree with that, John? You know, like that what? That, that Hamlet sounds closer to Claudius, almost like a paternal connection to Claudius than to his ghost father? Well, I n I've never been able to quite figure out how Hamlet is the son of Hamlet Sr., I mean, what, what was Hamlet Sr. Go. good at? He smoked a dreaded Polak on the ice. I mean, <laughs> right, you know, right and, yeah, no, but that's, you know, he's, he's, a, sorry, he's, 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 he's a killer. Yeah, yeah. You know? And his ghost wears armor for God. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm dead already. What's going to happen to me? Right. <laughs> I just feel more comfortable with my armor. <laughs> yes, but then he doesn't wear armor in the, in the scene in... Right. In the bedroom. In the bedroom. That's when he takes it off. Right. Right. But right. for what reason? She. Can, oh, I don't know. I know. But, but she can't even see him. Yeah. But I. <laughs> I, I. I think Claudius is. I, I, the more I think about it now, every time it, the reason he has Hamlet stay, is he's already thinking I want to keep an eye on this guy. He doesn't let him go back to Wittenberg. Yeah. Because because he knows that if there's going to be anybody in there that's going to be a problem. It's this kid who's wearing black and can't get past the death of his father. Yeah. Everyone else did, including his mother, who's married to me. Right. Jeez. Right. right. Keep your friends close, but your enemies yeah, closer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is the first big thing I notice in the play is that big choice, that big decision that sets up the rest of the play, obviously. But, but it's not obvious. Why should Hamlet stay? Why doesn't he leave? But, but Claudius says, we want you here. Exactly. And, and then Hamlet is so good. 
he, he doesn't answer Claudius. Uh, Gertrude then says, I would love you to say. Okay. And Hamlet says, I will obey you, mother, mm-hmm. not Claudius. But then Claudius doesn't let that go. And he goes, oh, it's a loving and fair response, <laughs> as if you just obeyed <laughs> me. He right. He's yeah. so Which quick. Right, yeah. exactly. Hamlet would have twisted the language to right. fit him. And I, I, I think, I don't know. It, it, is Hamlet one of his struggles? Obviously, he's not going to be his father because he's not a killer until the end. But is he struggling not to become Claudius, a very, very smart, manipulative person? Mm-hmm. Because Hamlet manipulates people in that play. And he has nothing yes, he good does. to say about politicians. No. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which and I, you know what would be fascinating? I'm sorry, Paul. No, I was going to say, which Polonius, that's what I think of him as. Yeah. Like, if that's the only compliment I can pay him. I'm not sure that's a compliment. Is that he's a, a politician who survived right. termite like. The last politician Hamlet alludes to is Julius Caesar, mm-hmm. whose dust and dirt and bones. Or Alexander the Great. Turned to. Is it Alexander Bumble. the Great? Yeah, the yeah. stop. To, to, it's Alexander yeah. the Great, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, but Polonius played. the wind away from the beer barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. No, it's all right. Um, that's all right. Um, and that I think we're sort of naturally moving into that uh, into that next part, which is uh, uh, content. What have you taught? What do you focus on? So, so John, if you're drawing students in by speeches, um, by problems, um, what I don't know. Can you list three? Can I say problems? Three problems that uh, if you had to reduce your class to, or draw them in on it. What what were the top three problems you draw them in on? That's a content question, I think. Yeah, it is. Uh... Hamlet's, you know, it's funny, in that first soliloquy says, or that the Almighty had not fixed his canon against self-slaughter. Mm-hmm. So Hamlet's obviously a person who either at Wittenberg or somewhere studied some theology. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. But the Almighty has also fixed his canon against other slaughter. <laughs> he has. <laughs> That's right. right? Yes, I remember right. that passage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah thou shalt, yeah. Leviticus, and I yeah. tell that to the kids, you know. <laughs> Remember the, you know the commandment, thou shalt yes. kill. And, but but ha, one of the problems that I've never been able to figure out, aside from the fact that why the ghost you know, is invisible, is Hamlet killing Polonius. He just passed Claudius trying to pray. And then the first thing he says is, is it the king? Now, either Claudius has some sort of <clears throat> time warp yeah. method of getting there he knows it's not the king secret passage behind yeah and I guess but that might be a mistake well maybe the play it like could be Shakespeare mistake absolutely it, okay. it, it could be and then he doesn't he's he's it doesn't bother him one bit as <laughs> his last line no. of that is I'll love the guts into the neighbor room right exactly yeah I mean, yeah you just killed the Secretary of State or the yeah. Prime Minister. Your ex-girlfriend's dad. Also. Right. Yeah. It exactly. It's now well, just material. Oh, right? yeah. man. And that, that yeah. just starts him because I used to teach a book called Dragonflight by Anne McCaffrey. Hmm. And in Dragonflight, these human beings have colonized a planet called Pern. And they discovered that, this is off topic of Hamlet, but no, it'll, it'll get back. But they, they discovered that once every six or seven or eight years, depending on their orbit, a neighboring planet drops what's called thread okay. onto Pern, and it devours all organic material. Hmm. And it practically wipes them out the first time it happens because they have no idea. 
then they discover that there is on the planet a race of dragons that can fly and are telepathic. And they breed them and breed them and breed them to make them huge so that dragon riders can fly them and they can incinerate the thread in the air before it gets the thing. But the, before the dragons can do that, they have to be blooded. They have to make a kill. And when I taught both Hamlet and dragon riders, Dragonflight, it was easy to make that connection with the kids. I can't do that anymore because right. Right. they had to make, what? Yeah. what? Dragon, fire, what? what? <laughs> but I'm out of here. Some, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that has always been, not only his killing him, but his, his reaction is so unhamlet-like to a person who has mm. been so almost theological yeah. in his sure. s- speeches about not killing himself. Yes, right. Like it's important. Like it. Like he means it. Like it's he serious. does. He I takes think the theology seriously. Like he does it. As if he believes God is watching him. And, Absolutely, right. and that it's a sin, and that right. he he even says that the devil has the power to assume a pleasing shape yes. and may be tempting me to damn me. Yes, right. Yes, he does. He definitely does. It. And, and that's why. And he doesn't kill Claudius uh, because he's he's not a medieval revenge drama hero. He's a modern thinking humanistic person right. who's doing the sort of theological calculus, figuring out if I kill Claudius while he's praying, he goes up to heaven. And right. that means that's different than killing my father secretly in a garden. Yep. So, yeah. And the irony of that scene is that that would have been the perfect moment to kill Claudius because Claudius is engaged in the mortal sin of despair. Right. Because yes. church teaches that everyone had, can be forgiven. All you have to do is ask for forgiveness. The grace is sufficient for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Claudia right. says, I don't want to give up my queen, yeah. my crown, right. or my life. So, I'm, right. so, so that would have been a perfect moment. Right. Right, because he doesn't confess, right? He He's, can't. He sends our still. He confesses side. to us because I think yeah. at some point somebody must have said to Shakespeare, come on, did he do it? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, right. Let's have so, that out on it, the table. Yeah. Even, but Hamlet doesn't get it because he can't hear him. It's a no. soliloquy. That's right. Geez. It's a fantastic irony. Do you believe Hamlet when he says that? When he says, uh, when he gives his excuse or his reason for not killing? You know, it's funny. Maynard Mack, who's a pretty good critic. There you go. Yeah, I'm right here. Maynard Mack says that that's an example of how much Hamlet hates. That he doesn't want Claudius to go to heaven. Mm. He hates him so much, he wants him to go to hell. Yeah. I don't know if he's right, but he's Maynard Mack. I mean, who am I? But, I <laughs> He's got a book. I've got it right here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and next we're gonna read it. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. no, it's yeah. gonna happen. Right. That's happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's why I think Hamlet the last thing he says is what? The rest is silence. Yeah. He's desperately hoping that that he says, Well, I'm probably not gonna go to heaven, but maybe I'll just die. That'll be the end of it. Rest yeah. is silence. Yes. Yes. And I don't that, know. That's almost wishful. Yeah. You know, I, one, of the, one of the writing assignments I, I, give, I, I let kids do is, you know, ha, be the judge of Hamlet at his judgment. Yeah. You mm-hmm. decide where he's going to go based on what he did. Mm. Is, he, is he in hell? That's is a he? great prompt. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. That's a great prompt. And give me three proofs. Right. Yeah. And then <laughs> the other part of it is, yeah. you know, write a letter from Hamlet to three of the people that he killed justifying his behavior yeah right you know i had something that's sort of connected there are so many uh, i think there was a there's an anecdote that someone complained after viewing a performance of hamlet that hamlet is made up of cliches 
mean, the, uh, the joke being that they're cliches because this is such an iconic play that it's a We know the language, yeah, right. but not when Shakespeare originally, well, sure. yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, but whether it's the to-be speech or the alas, poor Yorick moment, or you could almost throw a dart at a dartboard yeah. right, with the text on it. How do you make the cliche moments something either alive or new or how do you treat those with kids or how do you know what isn't a bad thing to think about how do you keep them fresh for yourself too well of those the first part the first answer is i think the kids pick up my enthusiasm yeah right yeah. away oh yeah i tell right. them we're about to have four and a half weeks of me teaching my favorite thing in the whole world yeah you're <laughs> gonna love it Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll kill you. No. Yeah. But, uh, but I think that's what helps me mm-hmm. keep them alive. And also, I don't think I could ever tire of that language. Mm-hmm. Every time I hear some of those speeches, the what a piece of work is a man, or mm-hmm. my absolute favorite, uh, the... Uh, you think I'm easier to be played upon than a uh, pipe? Uh, I yes. love that. That speech yes. is just, there is much music, much excellent in this little oh. organ in it. You cannot make it. Mm-hmm. Because he, you know, he knows everyone is trying to just lie to him and use him. And he's, he just wants, he, I think Hamlet, he just is so ticked off that this happened, that he, he the ghost came to him and told me how to do this. Yeah. He would have been very happy, I think, just going back into Wittenberg and studying for another right. 10, 10 yeah. years. Yeah, you know, mm. uh, he's a fascinating person to watch in a trap. Yeah, yeah. and I always tell you probably don't know this. I, mean, I think Jay does, but my first year teaching, yeah. I was actually assigned to teach an algebra class, <laughs> which was beyond Miles for laughter. All yeah. all recognition. <laughs> it was it was algebra by democracy. Like, how many think A is the right answer? <laughs> okay, it's A. And like, can we go on to chapter seven? No, no. no. <laughs> But the one thing I remember yeah. was the law of transitive properties. That go. if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. Yeah. And if the ghost is Satan and he wants Hamlet to kill because it's a sin, and his father wants Hamlet to kill, Hamlet and his Satan, Hamlet's father and Satan are the same thing. Mm. And that's one of the hardest things for Hamlet to get. He can't get there, yeah. I don't think. He, he's aware of it. He's aware that it could be the devil, but he can't get to the point that this is just my father in death acting like he did in life. He came up against an enemy. What did he do? Killed it. Yeah. And and, and just as someone as sort of theological and philosophical as Hamlet is, particularly in the first three or four acts Mm. of the play, when someone just lost his father, seeing some version of of your father as a ghost you're gonna want to believe it. Oh, absolutely. That's why he says, "I will yeah. be, I will be with you." As soon as they tell him, I yeah. think, you know, because Hamlet at first thinks he says, "I think, I think I saw your father," and he says, "Oh, like I do, I look at his sure. shirt and I see him." Yeah. But then yeah. he can't wait to get to him, and that's why sure. even Horatio says, "You know, you can't. This is wrong. He might, he's gonna do terrible things to you." And he, what does he say? Unhand right. me, or I'll make a ghost of thee. Who yeah, uh, yeah. Tries he tempts to you to throw yourself off the cliff. Exactly, yeah. and he's gotta go talk to him. Yeah. And he's thrilled to find out the truth. It's like, I knew it. That, but is it the truth? Well, that's a great question. But, but I mean, his response to it is elated. Like, he's, he's primed to believe it. Like you were saying, yeah. Yeah. he wants to believe it. Oh, my it. prophetic soul, yeah. he says. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. my right, prophetic right, soul. Right, 
And so, and, and he swears, you know, that he's going to do it and, and take it off. And then he immediately takes charge of his friends. Everyone here, swear on my sword. You're yep. not going to tell. He's framing up this whole revenge strategy. That's right. He's got the antic disposition already. He's come yeah, up with that he idea knows right, right he's away. Do. He's going to adopt it. Because it he's so smart. Yeah. Can I, well, I don't know if I've ever asked you this question, John. Uh-oh. No, no, no. Uh, I, I, I'm just really curious about what your answer is. I don't know the answer. For, I, I have a sense of what I think the answer is. If if you just uh, were able to, and anyone were able to meet Hamlet at any point in the play, and just stopped him in his tracks and said, "What would you want? What is your dream scenario for the future for yourself? What do you think his answer would be?" Where is he in the play? I right. Mean, yeah, that's you good. know that's a hard one because yeah. I think it, I think begins. it changed in Act One. He just wants to be left alone. Okay. And mourn and go to college and go go to college okay. and that'll so be once fun. he's not a lot the most of the play is being in the quote unquote uh, you know the prison yeah right of of a castle right, right. as he right. says to his friends to me it is a prison yep um, once he's there once he's in quote unquote imprisoned in his own castle what do you think he wants then I think he that's why he puts on the mousetrap I think what he wants is that Claudius is going to stand up and say, I did it. I'm sorry. Take me away. Mm-hmm. You can be king. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the exercises I also do with the kids. I, all we have in the play is, I think Ophelia says, the king rises. Yeah. And then all he says is, give me some light, light away. Yes. Yeah. Hamlet takes that as absolute total proof right. that it's... Right. But in, that's another one of the scenes where Horatio says, really? That's about as much as he can <laughs> contradict yeah. him. But I, I tell the kids... I bring five kids up to the front of the classroom and put five chairs up. I say, you stand up as if you're terrified. You stand up as if you're really angry. You stand up as if you're ashamed. Because we don't know how Claudius stands up. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> no. It's a choice you have to make as a director. Right. right? right. And, yeah. and Hamlet, I think if Claudius had just not stood up at all, go, see the way he's sitting down, he must have done it. Yeah, he would have to sit. And and, and of course he's got to stand up because Hamlet has just insulted the heck out of his mother, out of his wife. Yeah. 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 Right. (laughs) Um, Do you think Hamlet was ever in love with Ophelia, truly in love with her? What about about that relationship? I mean, the the line, I loved Ophelia, 10,000 brothers with all the quantity of love could not have made up my sound. There seems to be a lot of disagreement on that. Um, I. What do you think, John? Well, go ahead, finish. I think there was a, a a moment in time, maybe before the play started, maybe or very early on in the play, where that love was real. Yeah. We know very little. I, I think one of the gifts Shakespeare gives us, and I think with this play particularly, we know that an earlier version of Hamlet, the Ur Hamlet, mm-hmm. begins with, with Hamlet Senior getting killed by Claudius yeah. in the first moment. Mm-hmm. So what that meant was um, there was no ambiguity. It was just a question of revenge. And I think what he gives us here is the ambiguity that exists in most real human life, which most human lives are not revenge plays. They're lives full of ambiguity. We don't see Ophelia and Hamlet going out to dinner. We don't see them on a date. We, don't see, we see, the, we see a, a, a man who's lost his father and his kingdom and all kinds of things have been taken away and relatively early on his best friends are duplicitous and he catches them. 
So he's very broken very early. I don't know what their relationship is. Yeah, but I know he says in Act 5, I loved Ophelia. Right. So I'm what, well, here's what I wonder, and I don't know what the answer is. What would be his motive for saying that other than it would be true? But we have the letters that he wrote to her. Doubt that the stars are fire. True. I mean, right. And those are absolutely beautiful, beautiful. love letters. Yes. Right. Full of sincerity and full of infection. Mm-hmm. And I... I am firmly believe that he did love her. Yes. I really do. Yeah. Now, I know there are some critics who say, no, it would have been impossible. Or that, In fact, Kenneth Braun even said, you think I'm going to give up a chance to be in bed with Kate Winslet? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Not show right, it that right, way. Right. Yeah. So, they filmed that. He's so right? the director. Yeah. The oh, man. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I, I believe he did love her at some yeah. point. But then I think the world, I think, Maynard Max's title is The World of Hamlet. The world that he finds herself in just makes that love impossible. Yes. And then when he realizes that she lets herself be used. Right. Because he's resisting all the time letting himself be used and getting used. And everyone is using him. Like you just said, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. That's right. That's the sensitivity he seems to have that sets him off. Um, that, that he finds in Ophelia. I agree. I think he did love her at one yeah. time, truly. Because I believe Ophelia. I find no reason to doubt And Ophelia. Gertrude said, I had hoped to strew these flowers right. on your wedding yes. bed. I mean, right. yes. so something must have happened that she was aware exactly. of. And yeah. moms know, I think. Yes. Why wouldn't Polonius want his daughter to be with the prince of Denmark? Because... I know what he says, like literally. So prince out of thy star, he's given more... Ring. And he may have to marry the princess of Catalonia. Right. For political reasons. For political and, reasons. And maybe he truly doesn't want his daughter to get hurt. Right. Yeah, that's just a, just a protectiveness. Yeah. yeah. But I believe her. If there's, a, if there's one character who's, who's, whose statements and personality is presented, I believe it would be Ophelia, I think. I can't think of a place other than we kind of talk about this, how, how much she's culpable for going along with her own little mousetrap. Uh, with, with with her dad. Yeah, but, that aside, but I find, when, you can find nothing. When Polonius corners her after uh, Laertes leaves, she has a, one very interesting line, and she says, I do not know what to think, my lord. Mm-hmm. Which I think... Do we have any indication in the play ever how old she is? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I kind of... That information is sparse in Shakespeare. It's it weird sure when it comes is. Out. I, like I, we I, find out Julia's 13 and it's weird yeah. right. that we know that. But, we but, don't know but I kind of right. have a tendency yeah. to see Ophelia as younger than I've often seen her portrayed. Hmm. Just as as maybe maybe starstruck. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't think she has a... I think... Intellectually, she's on a very different playing field than Hamlet. Because everybody is except Claudius. Mm-hmm. So, right. No, that's fair. But he, Or maybe old Norway. <laughs> right. But I, part of me wonders what was in it for Hamlet. I don't, I don't think Hamlet would love a girl because she was pretty only. Oh, no. I, and I think there's the, the speech she gives after he loses it on her. Uh, Here a noble mind and cracks a noble yeah. eye of the throne there. Yeah. Is, a, is a beautiful there's moments of that that are Hamlet like right yeah. um, and she says he, that he was the, the, the I forget exactly the, I hate to say that about a line of Hamlet that I forget it but the expectancy the rose and expectancy of the fair state fair state yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah I find her up to him in a way maybe not intellectually she can't play the intellectual chess games maybe that he can play but I don't care about that um, in some deeper human sense 
they're a pair. I think they're yeah. they're, they're a yeah, match. And she hasn't been to college, and he has. Yeah, in the university. Right, sure. and, right. You know, I bet you he was just get. I often tell the kids. They said, you know, one of the electives theology had to drop a few years ago was revenge murder. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> but I was always worried about the kids that, yeah, kids that took that, that. Yeah. yeah, in the final exam. Yeah. <laughs> it was really tough. Yeah. It was project-based learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you meet me down at the park at 1 a.m.? <laughs> I need to get an A in my final. Yeah. <laughs> but at some level, I think um, college people who people go to college that need to go to college. Ophelia is not a person who no. needs to go to college. No. Um, and she's fine. No, I think Hamlet absolutely loved I do. education. Oh, education. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think oh, he just... Yeah. Right. It right. just... It, all parts of it are reflected yeah. in his speech and his patterns. And we've talked about this, and you and I, John, and, and Paul and I discussed this. He's never happier than when the actors show up. Yeah. He's... Yeah. He can't... He, he makes a request for them to give a, a speech, any speech... A, but then he starts the speech. I mean, right, he, he knows just it. looks like yeah. every enthusiastic kid we've ever taught. Yep, exactly. He's over the top about something that he yep. loves. Right. That's who he is then. Yeah. And only then, really. Right. Yeah. Only then. That's the only time he's sitting at the front of the room and raising his hand first. And, mm. and right. Always. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, I think we sort of wandered through a few a few problems there that you could use to draw to draw students in um, in on. Um, can I ask you a quick, I don't know if this will supplant the best lines part. I wanted to ask about um, in the climate that teachers are in everywhere now about when we're really looking at what we're teaching, what would be your response if someone said, please justify the teaching of Hamlet in 2021? That's good. I know that's a lot, John, but I know you're up to it. Well, <laughs> you know what I'm asking. I, I know right? what you're asking. Yeah, yeah. I think, first of all, I would attempt to rein in my scorn and, <laughs> and say, what makes, you, what, make, yeah. what makes you think that this play needs to be justified? Oh, mm. I yeah. said, this play has been taught for 400 years. Yeah. In all the yes. levels, it's performed around the world every year in every language right. known to man. Mm, yes. uh, two years ago, the Globe players went on a world tour and did Hamlet in 53 countries. Mm. Wow. And from they they were out on a you know at a tobacco plantation in Jamaica, just it was just mm. amazing. Mm. And I I I said, then I would say, what about it is not moral? You know what what objection could you have to this play and throw it back at somebody? I yes. I just That's I just good. hate this idea of having to, especially stuff that we teach that we know we know in our heart of hearts is good. Mm. Mm. I like that to push it back and justify the criticism. Yeah, of right. Jeez. Yeah, that's uh, that's very good. Um, well, I like that. Maybe it is. Um, maybe we should move to that final that final yeah, move. Best, to, yeah, yeah, best lines. Okay. Uh, give us your. I don't know. What are your favorite best lines? What's What's the first quote that comes to your mind? And give us the lines. Oh, there is much music, much excellent voice in this little organ, and you cannot make it speak. That's my favorite speech in the play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also like. How can I pick? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, what a rogue and peasant slave am I? Yeah. That whole mm -hmm. speech is beautiful. Each one of those soliloquies, mm -hmm. uh, and it, you know, 
to be. They're all, I, yeah. I couldn't, no. aside from, and also what a piece of work is a man. Right. That is a, that he just, and it's prose. That's yeah. a little, because he dips into prose a lot in the play. But that's a beautiful segment. Yeah. yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. it's like Hamlet almost quoting from some textbook that he had in a philosophy course at Wittenberg. <laughs> and right. like, here he is, what a piece of work is man. And yet, here are all these people who are murderers and cheaters and yeah. adulterers. And, yeah. you know, and that this is the constant tension that we're always faced with in education mm -hmm. of what we can be as opposed to what we are. Mm. Mm. Does it work, John? Can you still teach the play? I mean... I oh, no, I'm never teaching it again. Never again. It's over. You guys have totally destroyed it for me. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to go to uh, Coriolanus next year. And just okay. go no, I will... I, I actually hope that when I shuffle off this mortal coil, yes. I'll have Ooh. the book in my hand. Yeah. And, but wait, wait, why does Hamlet... <laughs> One more I just Close the coffin. You refer to your own end with a Hamlet in it. Yes, right. I know. Which is great. Well, old uh, <laughs> teachers have been teaching for a long time can become curmudgeonly and say, ah, oh, this generation, they can't hear it anymore, it's over, forget it, no, just but give we, them whatever. But we you love, don't say that. We love to teach the words, and yeah. we can do it. Yeah, I, I know I can do it. I yes, it. Yeah. yes. I heard that. I, we haven't heard a number. How many years exactly? Well, I, I've been teaching for 53 years. 53 years. All right. 53 years of Hamlet. 53 years of Hamlet. And you just heard John say, I know I can do it. I can keep I'm getting better at it every year. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. <laughs> we are, though. That I is... mean, if we were to look back at ourselves the way we taught oh. something... Uh, we're, we're better. I want to it. apologize to my first oh, classes. That oh, I you have no I'm idea. Still, I'm still in right, touch. You, you know oh, I mean? I'm still in touch I want to say you were so nice to me. You observed me my first year. Yeah. I had freshmen. I was teaching a Keats ode yeah. to CP to, to freshmen who struggled. Right. Because that was the poetry I knew. And you were so gentle and kind. <laughs> <laughs> you could have been so otherwise. Right. My, my first year at, <laughs> at St. John's, Frank Simmerall, who was the chair at the time, gave me four CP seniors. Yeah. That was my schedule. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can do yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. You mm. jump right in. We're going to love Hamlet. I'm good friends with some students from my first and like fourth year of teaching still now. You know, they're in their 30s now. And I don't even ask them about, you know, what was class like back in the day? Oh, no. I, I don't want to hear them say, you know, I would have The I'm kids gonna... I had in 68 and 69 and 70 in yeah. New Jersey, I, I'm gonna, yeah. I know yeah. I should. I apologize to them every time I see them. <laughs> They're such a jerk. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, thank you for being with us, John. Oh, John, thank, thank you for you having me. So I appreciate this time and giving us that, that reflection. And I hope it's encouragement to those who are starting or in the middle or even late um, in teaching Hamlet or other difficult texts that seem like maybe to you that they belong to a different time. Um, uh, they probably don't. Um, mm -hmm. And if you've given your life to them, um, keep, keep working on it and keep getting better. Um, at teaching it to God. absolutely amen yeah, yeah amen all right hey thanks guys thanks john thanks paul thank you all right